The Pelicans fall to the Phoenix Suns and are down 1-2 in their first round playoff series. What went wrong for New Orleans in Game 3 and how can they fix it? It's a bonus episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Saturday, another bonus episode. We're going to be doing them after every playoff game, even if it's on the weekend. We've got something like 19 days straight of shows for you and thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week for y'all, breaking down everything going on around this team. And it was a little disappointing last night. Friday night in the Smoothie King Center, game three with New Orleans holding home court advantage basically over a five-game series at this point, falling to the Phoenix Suns 114-111. It was close. I don't know if it was as close as three points as the final score indicates, but this game was close in an absolute battle. But this game was won in the fourth quarter by Chris Paul. Just like we saw in game one, New Orleans had no answer for him in that period where he just carved them up. 19 points. 19 points for Chris Paul in the fourth. That is an insane number. He was just surgical in what he did in the mid-range and kind of running in the pick and roll. And unlike in game two, where he wasn't able to do this because the Pelicans had an answer for him. They didn't have an answer in this one because of a Jackson Hayes flagrant two in the first half. And look, it was a flagrant. It was unnecessary and excessive. It's the definition of a flagrant two. Both were those, uh, both of those were true. And so going into the fourth without him to be able to switch onto Chris Paul and give him trouble, which he did very well in game two, Chris Paul was able to do whatever it was that he wanted. And the Pelicans tried different guys on him. Larry Nance Jr., who did a good enough job on a switch, but also trying to contain the role man and taking that away. But it left Chris Paul with enough room to shoot his mid-range shot. And he's good at that. We know he's good at that. He carved him up in game one, and he did basically the exact same thing here. You've got to make an adjustment. You can't go with the same game plan knowing that your guy that you need to kind of shut him down is gone. And Jack should feel bad about that. I'm sure he does too, right? But you've got to do something different, particularly when it was obvious what was starting to happen. And this was an adjustment that Willie Green did not make. They did not start trapping Chris Paul and forcing the ball out of his hands until it was basically game over at that point. Why not let anyone else beat you? You know, after two games of him killing you in the fourth, why continue to let him do so? The Suns shot 15% from three in this game. Force them to try and take threes. Or not Chris Paul mid-rangers, right? That's something that... I just do not understand in this one. Jay Crowder hasn't made a three in the series, I don't think. Why? Why are they not trying to force the ball into that guy's hands and do other things? 
It's a miss by Chris Paul. It's disappointing because, again, we were there. We watched it. You knew what was going down. It was like what happened in game one. It was deja vu all over again. And that is something that the Pelicans need to try and fix. Do something differently and make an adjustment on Chris Paul in the fourth quarter. You lost Jackson Hayes. Don't do the same thing you would have done with Jackson Hayes out there, especially after it stops working. Start trapping him. Start forcing the ball out of his hands. And I get they were concerned about a guy like DeAndre Ayton in the interior scoring, and I want to talk about that in the next segment of today's show. And then in segment three, we'll talk about the Pelicans' offense and why that went kind of cold for long stretches here. And DeAndre Ayton hurt you in the first half. But again, you withstood that. You got back into the game. Yes, DeAndre Ayton had 21 in the first half, I think it was. Pulling up the numbers now. 21. You withstood that and got it within two going into the fourth quarter. Don't worry about him. He wasn't what won the Suns the game. What won the Suns the game was Chris Paul going for 19 points and kind of orchestrating things for this team. They were playing decently well on Aiton in the second half. They were doing a decent enough job. Wasn't amazing by any stretch, certainly, but he only had seven in the second half. This was a game they could have won if you guard Chris Paul differently. Maybe it's someone like Trey Murphy getting in there because we've seen him guard bigs. He can guard out on the perimeter, too. But it wasn't Larry Nance Jr. in this one who was really struggling and just dropping off too far. You had to make a change. They didn't make the adjustment. And now New Orleans doesn't have home court advantage anymore. And all of a sudden now, they're down in the series. But let's talk about that interior battle. DeAndre Ayton and JaVale freaking McGee coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Athletic Greens AG1. This is a product I, I started using literally every single day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health. I wanted more energy, a better immune system. I'm trying to be much healthier this year. I don't have time for a whole big supplement vitamin routine. I want something that is easy, and that is AG1. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, aging, basically all of the things. And it's super easy. It's one scoop and a cup of water per day. That's it. And I love that about it. It's going to support better sleep quality and recovery, mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. And Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. And it's a small micro habit. AG1 is something that you can do every single day to take good care of yourself with big benefits. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water per day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're also available on YouTube here as well, Monday through Friday and on the weekends after a show, uh, or sorry, after a game. That's 
what you love to see. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. That does help keep this free in five days a week for you all. All right. So we are talking about the Pelicans' 114-111 loss to the Phoenix Suns. Wasn't quite a three-point game. It was probably closer to like six or seven. Brandon Ingram managed to make it a little bit interesting in the fourth quarter late. Probably, though, in garbage time when it was done. And we'll talk about him and C.J. McCollum and the offense really struggling at times in this one in the next segment. But I want to look at the interior battle. We knew this was going to be a big DeAndre Ayton-heavy game, right? Because they needed him to step up without Devin Booker. He's their second-best player now. So it's going to kind of fall to him naturally to go out and try and get some points. And he did a freaking good good job of it. 21 points in the first half. He was collecting rebounds. He was doing a very good job for this team. And the Phoenix Suns, because of that, killed New Orleans in the paint 64-40. to 40. Only 40 points in the paint for New Orleans is definitely a disappointment. And part of it was just kind of the havoc that DeAndre Ayton was causing. Being able to roll to the rim hard. You even saw, as I said, some post-ups and dump-offs to him. And Valanciunas struggled in this one. And you can see he's kind of given it all on the defensive side of the ball. But again, the Phoenix Suns are the number one seed for a reason. It's not like that you can just easily defend them. This was always going to be an uphill battle for New Orleans. So it's not necessarily like a knock on them, right? Like this is just kind of how how it is. They're going to do their best, but let's not pretend like they're the favorite in this series. They weren't even the Vegas favorite after the stuff with Devin Booker and him likely being out for at least the next game and maybe more. And I was actually kind of surprised that he was here in New Orleans and traveling with the team, which is a mild concern to me for him potentially playing in game five over in Phoenix. But You had DeAndre Ayton kind of step up, and the Pelicans not have much of an answer for that. You know, that's that's a matchup that Valanciunas is going to need to take. I don't know if that's one that you really want Jackson Hayes trying to take. Larry Nance Jr. actually did a decent enough job there, and I wouldn't hate to kind of see that potentially be the case. But he went and got his points. But here's the thing with that, right? New Orleans withstood all of that. Again, they were down... 11-12 at halftime and managed to get it within two going into the fourth quarter. So he didn't kill them. They can live with him doing what he did when he scored 28 points on the night. 17 rebounds, 17, uh, 15 defensive rebounds I don't love, certainly. But New Orleans still had a rebounding advantage because Valanciunas is battling him and getting those offensive boards even if he's missing the putbacks and shots because DeAndre Ayton is a terror when it comes to that sort of stuff in this one in this series he matches up very very well it's the other minutes outside of DeAndre Ayton at center that that bugged me in this game and that was JaVale McGee scoring 15 points 15 points in 12 minutes of action on seven of eight shooting that is frustrating like that's really frustrating That's also probably where a lack of Jackson Hayes really hurt this team in this game. That when Valanciunas was out, they didn't really have much of an answer for that guy in his size. And he was just shooting over Pelicans players. This wasn't him playing a bruising style. It's just him being taller than Larry Nance Jr. And being able to go and put it up above him and get some points. You know, if you had limited him, does this game look a lot different? And I actually think it does. And so... They need to figure out, you know, part of this maybe is just, okay, it's an outlier. Jax was ejected. Whatever won't happen in the next game, and it's not like targeting where he's going to miss or anything like that. He'll get a fine, blah, 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 and he'll play, and that's that. And probably come out playing with like a vengeance here, I think, to a certain degree. But 
those were frustrating. Those were 15 points in the paint that could have even this series or even that battle up a little bit more. But you saw the Phoenix Suns take advantage when they saw just a gaping hole in the lane right there, knowing that there wasn't so much rim protection there. You didn't have Jackson Hayes who could recover well. And, well, they took advantage. And that's something that really hurt the Pelicans in this one. I don't know if this will be the same kind of situation. Again, if Jackson Hayes isn't ejected, how different does this one look? But this is where the Pelicans are starting to see a little bit of their big men exposed. Larry Dance Jr. is good in certain situations, but against like a true center like JaVale McGee, no, definitely not. And credit to Phoenix and Monty Williams for seeing that and being able to kind of exploit what was working in their favor at this time. And it just put Larry Nance Jr. in uncomfortable spots all night long. And he really started to kind of fail and lose his composure, I thought, to a degree in the fourth quarter where he went one of four shooting, by the way, 0 for 3 from deep uh, as the Pelicans just trying to kind of manufacture really any sort of offense. So let's talk about the offensive stuff for New Orleans coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, because this is an area that is still very fixable for this team. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I eat one of these things every single day. I ate one on my uh, drive down to the arena last night before the game. I look forward to it because they're absolutely delicious. And I have boxes of these things because I keep ordering them because they're so good. I want to make sure I don't miss a day. Built Bars are delicious because they come in delicious flavors. Mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. I have the churro puff bar, I have the coconut brownie chunk, white chocolate, um, raspberry cheesecake, which is also good. And they're also delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate, but they're also healthy for you. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you can see for yourself 130 calories in most of them, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is what they taste like. Built Bar is going to win every time, so replace your candy bars with Built Bar. Um, they're soft, they're easy to chew, they're not chalky, they're not dry. You don't need to like chug a bottle of water after you have one. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. It's been a lot of fun. The playoffs are still great. I... I'm excited about this series. I'm looking forward to game four on Sunday, even though they're down in this one. And there's a very good chance they bounce back. All right. So let's talk about this game and the offense and the struggles that they had in this one. And this is, again, due to rotations and lineups, I think more so than anything else. And Willie Green still being a young coach and really figuring these sorts of things out. The Pelicans really... It just they struggled, man. Like you saw some bad stretches of offense. You saw your role players step up in this one. Devontae Graham, 13 points, 11 points. What he finished with on the night, what uh, 12 points. Tremendous performance from him. Three of six. I will take that every every single time, right? Jose Alvarado, four of six, going on. I think it was a 7-0 stretch just by himself or something along those lines, right? Nine points off the bench. The bench did what they needed to do for the most part, other than Larry Nance Jr. going one of eight. They were going to be good enough, but the starters did struggle. Brandon Ingram was good. 
especially in the second half as he started cooking and started to kind of get his his way going. 34 points on the night, 7 rebounds. He was 11 of 19, 3 of 6, 9 of 10 at the line. Sign me up for that. But it was the other starter in C.J. McCollum who really struggled in the first half and outside of a real good stretch in the second, I don't think played particularly great. You know, in the fourth quarter, he was he was good enough, but in the first half, their offense was struggling for periods of time due to a lack of space, I thought. And CJ did well enough, 30 points on the night, right? But he was 11 of 23, and particularly in the first half, was forcing some bad shots because the spacing wasn't there, and he was just trying to get anything going. Anything going, right? There were too many times they were running sets, usually on the right side of the court, trying to initiate their offense there and get the first action going, and you had three Pelicans players within eight feet of each other. And it's just a mess of arms and legs and bodies and no spacing. And it just mucks things up, which Phoenix is fine with. And it led to a lot of turnovers for New Orleans. They had 14 in this one. You're not going to win very many games, especially in the playoffs, when you have 14 and the Suns only have five. That hurt them big time. And it's because of that lack of spacing and because of those rough stretches and things that we had seen from them. They can't do that. You need to get these rotations and these lineups better. In the first half, you didn't get the right... Let me let me pull the numbers up here. The right guys out there, I thought, that you needed. Trey Murphy in the first half of the game played seven minutes. That's it. Just seven minutes. Devontae Graham played more than him, partially because Devontae Graham was hitting shots, so they left him in. But come on. This team has been good offensively when you put Trey Murphy in with the starters for Jackson Hayes. They're really good. Trey Murphy playing all of the third quarter. They won that quarter, right? They won that quarter. And a big part of it was just having him out there for the spacing and what that does to the team. They won that quarter by um, by nine, 31 to 22. And then they just never really went with that group again. And I don't get decisions like that from Willie Green. Trey Murphy didn't shoot particularly well in this one, but he was impactful in the minutes that he did play a plus 21 on the night a plus 21 on the night in 20 23 minutes let's round up when everyone else of the starters was negative the only other two people who were positive was Devonte graham at positive one and Najee marshall plus seven you think you need more of this guy you think you need more of this guy i i don't get why willie green is really opposed to this when like all of the lineup data says it and look Willie Green gets this stuff he gets these stats during the game they're talking about this on the bench and on the sideline and it's just a little ridiculous at times when you see kind of the obvious thing and it's just not not necessarily happening for whatever reason so it leads to bad spacing and it leads to a guy like CJ McCollum getting frustrated and just kind of forcing shots in a game you need to win in a game that the the Phoenix Suns shot 15% from three. Come on, right? Shooting 11 for 23 under 50% is not going to be great. He was initiating the offense and he was passing well, so I don't want to knock him too much. 30 points is still good, although the four of eight at the line wasn't great. You know, they, they need to make it easy on a guy like him. He's a guy that feels bad spacing worse than Brandon Ingram. Maybe that's just due to being a little bit undersized, but he was forcing some long twos. 
that aren't his usual mid-rangers in like rhythm and it led to some bad offense and why New Orleans was down and they were able to still battle back from that but if they don't struggle in that first half like that how does this game look if they're only half as bad and they're only down six or something going into the third quarter how does it look particularly because they were allowed to run a pretty good lineup in the in the third and get right back into this one and I think that is some of the frustrating things but that's stuff that you can fix we've got three games on this now right don't let Chris Paul go bonkers in the fourth quarter as he's done twice now and figure out the right lineups and rotations that are getting you offense defense has not been a problem other than on Chris Paul in the fourth get your offense go out and score figure out how to at least limit Chris Paul you're not going to stop him completely in the fourth win game four and extend this series and have it come back to New Orleans for Game 6. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Monday to recap Game 4.